0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of god of all ages welcome to the city place church podcast wherever you are in the world we thank you for making the time to tune in take a moment to get focused clear your mind close your eyes open your heart and receive what god has for you on this day good morning city place church i hope that you are having an amazing morning this morning but it is so awesome to pay tribute to the people that have that have paved the way for our freedom and not only our freedom, but our freedom to worship. And I am just so grateful for all of those individuals that they mentioned from the beginning, like from way back in the day, all the way up to the current with TD Jakes and Priscilla Shire, all those individuals that they mentioned in that video. Well, as you can tell, I am not Pastor Damon or Pastor Ty, but you know, I was having a conversation with them and I was sharing with them that I had a word that was on my heart that I wanted to share and they were like, go ahead, go ahead and share it, we support you. So I am going to jump in, but before we jump in, let me go ahead and pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for this opportunity to stand in your pulpit and speak to your people. I pray that you move me out of the way and that you stand in in this pulpit and speak the words in which you desire for your people to hear. I thank you, God, for what you are doing in this church. I thank you for what you are doing in the lives of the individuals that are listening to this message as it is being spoken, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanna tell you, so when I was growing up, you know, unlike a lot of individuals or kids of today, when I was growing up, we actually went outside to play. We were, you know, I have two older siblings, they are my brothers. I have two older brothers and I am the baby and the only girl in the family. And I remember um, my parents, they would kick us out of the house and they would say, you guys need to go outside and play and then, but you better come home before the street lights come on. And while we were outside, we would do so many different things. We would play tag, we would ride our bikes to the beach or we would um, do all different things. We would even have dance competitions. not just any old dance competitions. No, these were things that we actually put routines together. We put the music together and then we had a judge that would determine who actually won the competition. But not only that, we had foot races. And with that foot race, there was a designated starting line and a designated finish line and we would line up at the starting line and there was someone that was actually standing in front of us that would, that would utter these words, ready, set, go. And we would not start to run until the person actually uttered the word go. And we were racing as far as we could to that finish line, hoping that we would be the winners, winner of the actual race. And as, as I started thinking about that, I started thinking about our lives and how we are standing at the starting line, finish, fin- feeling ready to actually receive whatever it is that we believe is our above and beyond for our lives. And we want to experience the amazing, all of these different things and we feel ready for it. But, and we're racing to the finish line of that level of success, of that, that purpose, of all those different things but there is something in the middle called being set. And I believe that God is like, if you would just allow yourself to be set, then I can do the amazing at the finish line. So today I've decided to title this message, Ready, Set, Go. None of them happening in any different order. It is all happening in the order in which I stated it. It is ready and then set and then go. Now we're gonna jump into a lot of scripture. So I hope that you have your Bibles ready to read. We're going to read a lot, but we are going to be focusing on Ruth just to give you a bit of a heads up. So let's jump into chapter one, verse four, and we're gonna read all the way to verse 18. And it says, Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there for about 10 years, both Malan and Kilion also died and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons? Who, would co- who, would, who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord has hand has turned against me. At this, they wept aloud. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there, will, there I will be buried. May the, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if ever, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Let me give you just a little bit of context. Ruth, for 10 years, she was married. She was. She was living in a family unit where she had Naomi, her mother-in-law. She had her husband. She had her brother-in-law and she had her sister-in-law. They were all living on this land all together, and they had established a unit. They had established a way of living. They had established a way of a lifestyle. They had learned one another. They had gotten to know what each other's idiosyncrasies were, what, what issues, what other conversations, all of those different things, they had gotten to learn one another. They were an established unit. They may have had the good times and the bad times and all those different things, but they were there for 10 years all together. Can I tell you that in order for someone to be ready, it means to be prepared. It means for you to hope for. It means to be in a suitable state for what is to come. To be ready is more than feeling physically ready. It is actually also spiritually and mentally ready for what God has for you in the future. It's kind of like when you think about I gave. I talked to you about uh, the, the race, the foot race that we used to do when I was growing up. If a person came to the starting line and they, were, they, were, they looked the part, but then on the inside, even though they looked like they could win, if they felt on the inside that they were going to lose, that what was going on on the inside would actually cause them to lose the race. It is the same thing in our lives. We may feel ready for a certain thing, but are we spiritually ready and and mentally ready for what it is that God has for us? See, ready requires endurance. It requires you going through the good. It requires you going through the bad and it requires you going through through the ugly. It requires a certain level of endurance, but it is all a part of the preparation for what God has for you in the future. Ruth, I believe, knew that there was a greater plan. I believe that she knew that there was something beyond what she even experienced or there was something on the other side of what she was experiencing, but it was going to require her to do one other thing. It did not require her just jumping from being ready to actually experiencing the thing way over here, but she actually had to allow herself to be set. There are three ways in which Ruth allowed herself to be set. And I'm going to break them down for you. And we're going to jump all over the the book of Ruth. And I would encourage you to actually read the book of Ruth because it is a great story. But we're going to go back to verse seven in chapter one. And it says, and they set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. She set out to a particular place. She wasn't set in a place that was familiar. She wasn't set in a place that she was used to. She wasn't set in a place where people knew her or where she knew others. She was set in a place where she knew nobody, but it was a particular place called Judah. This place required her letting go of what she had already experienced in Moab. She had to let go of all the things that she had in Moab. She had to let go of what she had established there and move to a particular place, this place, called Judah. And listen, she could have allowed herself, she could have allowed herself to say, you know what, Naomi? As Naomi even indicated, you know what? I'm not gonna go with you because why would I go with you when the easier solution would be for me to go back home? You can't even produce any husbands for me at this point. And even if you did, I'm not gonna wait to be married or wait for them to get married. She chose not the easier solution. She went towards destiny. Ruth chose to be set. So they set out to this place called Judah. I know that some of us, we are so frustrated in certain things in our lives, we are frustrated in the place in in which God may have placed us or set us in. And it could be marital challenges. It could be financial frustrations and it could be career dissatisfaction or even job dissatisfaction. But can I tell you that if God is probably thinking or telling you or saying to you that if you would just see this place a little bit differently, it is a particular place in which I have set you and it is not for you to look back at what you have had experienced in the past, but it is in this place where he can do the amazing, the above and the beyond in this particular place. In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says this, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, behold i am doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it i will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert when it says i will make a way in the wilderness in the place the place that you may feel like you are lost the place where you may feel like there is no answer the place where you feel like you are surrounded by challenges it is in that place where god is saying i can make a way in that wilderness in the dry place, the place where it feels like a desert, it's like, God, I don't even feel you right now in this particular place. It is in that place where God is like, I will bring the rivers in that dry place. It is in that particular place. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. It is in this place where God has already established his plan. He is just requiring of you to be set. They set out to a place called Judah. Can I tell you that Judah means praise? It means praise. So they set out to a place of praise. My question for you is, what is God saying to you about your place? The place where you are set. What have you defined that place to be. Because we can define this place as frustrating or we can define it as the place of praise. It is completely up to you. Ready, set, and then go. Another definition for the word set is posture. And I want to show this to you in in the next chapter is in chapter two, verse three, and we're gonna read uh, three through seven, and then we're gonna jump a little bit to verse 10. So just, let's just jump right in. It says, so she went out, entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, she is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in in the shelter. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, um, we're jumping to verse 10. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes? that you notice me, a foreigner." Verse 11, Boaz replied, "'I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the, the God of Israel under whose wings you have come to take refuge.'" In verse three, the Bible talks about how Ruth was gleaning wheat. In order for a person to be gleaning wheat, first of all, it was typically of those that were in an impoverished or in a poor state. The person that was going to be gleaning wheat would have to go to the overseer or the landowner and ask them, hey, can I glean wheat? Which means actually to get the leftovers of what the harvesters did not want. So it was the scraps of the wheat. So, Ruth, had decided that she was going to go to the overseer and go to the the, the overseer and ask if she could actually get the leftovers from the harvesters that that were gleaning wheat. Now, in order for someone to glean wheat, they had to bend down. They had to bend down to get the scraps off the ground that particular posture is the posture of service and she also surrendered the reason why i say that is because like i told you before ruth was from a place where she had her own land she could have gone back and gone to her mother and father she could have you know taken the easier route but she decided to posture herself in the position of service and say you know what it doesn't even matter i'm serving in this particular place and i surrender my status of old and i'm going to go ahead and serve with a pure heart. The reason why I say it was a pure heart is because if you notice in in verse 11, Boaz actually acknowledges her sacrifice. He acknowledges her sacrifice, not because Ruth was going around telling everybody about her sacrifice, or not because Ruth was even complaining about her sacrifice. She didn't go and say, you know what, I cannot believe here will be the complaint i cannot believe i gave up all of that to be here i had my own land i had all those things and now i'm getting the leftovers the scraps that wasn't what she said and nor did she go and say you know what i did for naomi i came over here and i'm serving her i'm doing all these things yep i did that i gave up all of that nope She didn't do that. What she did was she just served. And because her service was so remarkable, it got the attention of others. Because she served so remarkably, she didn't complain and nor did she boast. She just served with a pure heart. My question for you is, how are you serving in your situation? How are you serving in the place where God has set you? Ruth allowed herself to be set in a particular place and she allowed herself to be set in the posture of service and surrender. What is your posture in this place? Are you allowing yourself to be posture in the, in the way of service? Are you allowing yourself, if it's a marital challenge, are you allowing yourself to serve your spouse without boasting and complaining? If it's career dissatisfaction, are you serving in your career without boasting and complaining? How does God want you to serve in this place? What does he want you to let go of and surrender from your past? It doesn't matter if it was if you were at the top or at the bottom. What does God want you to let go of in your past in this place? The last way in which Ruth allowed herself to be set was in the form of a decline. To set is also to, to decline. It's like like the, the term sunset. It's when the sun actually goes down at the end of the day. But that's only one form of a decline. And, and Ruth actually demonstrated two of them. One in which I just show, show, shared with you. It's in... Uh, Actually, the first one is in chapter one, verse 15. It says, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was de- determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Naomi offered. Ruth the easy way out, the easy solution. As I keep bringing back up, she offered her this easy solution, but Ruth declined the offer. She declined the offer. You know, can I tell you that what is familiar doesn't mean it is God designed. What is easy doesn't mean it is God's purpose. It doesn't mean it's God's positioning. It just means easy. And easy could be the thing that could alter your, the, what God's plan is for you or God's purpose for you, if you're just choosing it because it is easy. No, Ruth said, I am not making a decision on easy. What I am choosing, like I said earlier, is destiny. There are so many things that there, we can we can easily decide to do, but if it's not in alignment with God, then that is not the, the answer that God wants us to go after. It is something totally different because it is about what is aligned with God's decision, what is aligned with God's plan, what is aligned with God's purpose. Here's my question to you. What are you saying yes to that God is telling you to say no to in this season? Because I believe that there are things that God wants us to decline so that he can incline in our lives. There are things that God wants you to decline so that he can incline in our lives. But that's just one form of a decline. The other form of the decline that, that Ruth demonstrated is actually in chapter four, verse six. She she it she tells, I mean, it tells you in chapter four, verse six, and chapter four it covers a bunch of stuff, but there's a moment where Ruth follows Naomi's instruction. And it says actually, it says, so she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly and covered his feet and lay down. Naomi had instructed Ruth to go to Boaz, He's going to have a party, he's going to eat, he's going to drink, and then eventually he's going to lay down and he's going to go to sleep. And she instructed him to go and lay down at his feet. So Ruth did exactly that. It says that she did exactly as her mother-in-law instructed her to do. So Ruth laid down at the feet of Boaz. I believe when Ruth laid down at the feet of Boaz, it was a form of submission to him. She was saying, I submit to you, I'm vulnerable to you, and you can trust me. But the moment she uncovered his feet, it was saying, you can be vulnerable to me. You can trust me. You see, feet represent path and journey. It represents the path you've taken, the path you're about to go on. The journey you have taken, the journey you're about to go on. And the moment she uncovered his feet, it's like saying, whatever the path, or journey you have been on or about to take, you can trust me with it because I am with you. I believe that God is like, if you would just allow yourself to lay yourself at my feet, if you would allow yourself to decrease or decline in your pride, if you allow yourself to decrease or decline in your easy solutions or decrease or decline in your easy strategies and lay it all at his feet, it is in that place where he can do the above and beyond, the exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. It is in that place because you have allowed yourself to lay it at his feet. Just like Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and was like trying to get all of the information that she could from him. And she rejected any of the the distractions that could have interfered with that moment. She sat at his feet, just like God wants us to sit at his feet. I will tell you this, this message hit me personally because I am the type of person that will, if I have an idea of something, if I have a, a thought of a plan or something of, that I really want to do, I have an entrep- entrepreneurial spirit, so I will just jump and just do it. But in January, when our pastors was like, do not make any decisions until the end of the month after our fast and give January to God. And until he speaks, don't make a decision. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had to put a pause on all my plans. Now at first I wasn't so quick to just jump and do it. It it wasn't an easy thing for me to do, but eventually I did do it. And when I did, I realized, because I started to ask myself, why do I feel so rushed into making these decisions? Why do I feel so rushed into jumping into all these things? And it was because on the inside, I was feeling as if I feel unfulfilled. I feel like I am not operating on a calling. I feel like everybody else is passing me by. I feel like all these different things. And God was like, wait a minute, you are so busy trying to do all the things when you don't even realize that I am doing the thing in you. And I had to lay that down at the feet of Jesus and say, you know what, God, whatever the path, whatever the journey, you can trust me with it because I am with you. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in trying to measure up that we don't allow ourselves to be set. It is in this particular place. It is in this particular posture of service, surrendering it all to him allowing yourself to decline some easy solutions and lay it at his feet. You see, when Ruth allowed herself to be set is when God said go. When she allowed herself to be set is when God said go. And I'm going to prove it to you. In chapter four, it talks about how um, you got to read the book of Ruth. In chapter four, it talks about how uh, Boaz meets with a kinsman redeemer another kinsman redeemer, because Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. But a kinsman redeemer was the person that was the closest of kin that could redeem the land of the deceased. So once the person has deceased, they could redeem the land and even the widow of that land. So Naomi at one point had decided that she was going to sell the land in which belonged to Elimelech and uh, the kinsman redeemer met with Boaz and they have a conversation. In that conversation, that kinsman redeemer, who should have been the next in line, says to Boaz, you know what? You can have it. You can have that land because Boaz was going to be next after him. So then Boaz says, okay, I'll take it. He takes off his sandal, another opportunity with the (laughs) feet. He takes off his sandal and he begins to, he gets to become the owner of that land. He gets to be the owner of that land. And not only that, he then takes Ruth as his wife. With Ruth allowing herself to be set, the trajectory of her life totally changed. The reason why I say that is because of this. From that marriage, from Boaz and Ruth, came the lineage that changed the entire world. Ruth and Boaz birthed Obed, who was then the father of Jesse. Jesse was then the father of David. And then from David's lineage brought Jesus Christ. To be ready is all about conditioning, God getting you ready or in condition for what it is that he has for you next in the go part of it. But to be set is about positioning, being in position for what God has for you. But to go is about advancing. It is about advancing the kingdom of God and being above and beyond. Ruth had a constant progression of her allowing herself to be set. First, it was in the process of standing. She stood in her decision and said, nope, I am not choosing easy, I'm choosing destiny. And she walked to a particular place called Judah. Then she did the, the setting of bending and bowing, allowing herself to serve. She served and she surrendered her status. She allowed herself to serve with, with a pure heart, without any, with pure motives. No complaining, no boasting. And then there was, she was set in the form of a decline. She declined, like I said, the easy offer, and she laid everything at his feet. She allowed herself to be vulnerable. I'm sure that Ruth didn't realize that in the process of her allowing herself to be set, that she was going to be a part of the lineage to Jesus Christ. It was above and beyond what she could even ask or think, but it happened. We have to allow ourselves to be conditioned and then positioned so that Through God, through us, God can advance his kingdom. It is ready, then set, then go. Listen, I I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't know if you're in a place where it's like, but you don't understand this is a frustrating place. I I am dealing with certain things. I am in that wilderness place that I mentioned earlier. Or maybe you feel like, man, I don't even know who this person is that I keep <laughs> that I keep referencing this man, Jesus Christ. Maybe you feel like you don't have that relationship with him. And you're like, how am I going to experience what our pastors are, what God has declared through our pastors, what the word or the phrase of for our church and for you, that this is the year that God does above and beyond. And maybe you're like, how is that going to apply to me? in where I am sitting right now in my life. Well, can I tell you that you are in the perfect place at the perfect time? You know, God died on the cross, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins over 2000 years ago. And he rose again just to meet you in this very moment right now. It is an opportunity, it's an invitation for you to bring him into your life, welcome him into your life so that you can begin to live out the life that he is totally destined for you, that he has totally planned for you. It is the best decision that you can make in your entire life. And if that is you, I'm gonna invite you to just repeat the prayer that I'm about to say, and you'll see that God can do the amazing in this place. Just say, Father, forgive me, for I know that I have sinned and I'm sorry. I want to invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus Christ, I know that you died on the cross and you rose again just for me. And I give you my life and I want you to be yours. Come into my heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today, first of all, let me just tell you that all of the angels in heaven are celebrating. They are like jumping up and having a party right now just for you because this is like an amazing and an awesome time for you and for all of us. And I want to be one of the first people to say welcome into the family. Welcome into the family. I am so proud of you and I'm so excited for you. But I do have one request. I do I would love for you to text City Place to 9400 just so that we can connect with you. This is not a a thing when we're going to hound you or anything. We just want to support you in this journey. We want to champion you along and you do not have to walk this journey all by yourself. That is why we are all here. So if you would just text City Place to 9400, we will connect with you there. Now, this is also an opportunity for us to worship God in our giving. I I don't know if this is your first time at City Place Church, or this is your first time watching us online, but we, go, we have a uh, core value where we live to give, and we, this is just one opportunity where we get to exercise that core value. You know, I don't know if you—if this is your first time, you probably hadn't heard about all of the different things that we get to do, but we have partnered with You Moms. They are an organization that help uh, young moms who are um, struggling and they, are, they have kids and we are giving towards helping them with childcare and resources to help them in that process, or even in um, with art churches and how they are an organization where they help individuals who want to start a church so that they can get the word out of Jesus Christ, what an awesome thing. We can never have too many churches. So we're partnered with them as well. And then we have Israel where we're giving into Israel where, so we can get the word out beyond United States. It's to reach people across the world. And those are just a few of the things that we get to do as a church. So this is definitely good soil. And I want to invite you, if you're going to give, just go ahead and you can check out the slide that you can, that's probably coming up on the screen right now where there are different ways for you to give. So I just want to say thank you. I hope that you have enjoyed service today. I thank you for listening, and I can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you've been encouraged by this message, be sure to subscribe to the City Place Church podcast. And we want to hear from you. Post a picture on any of your social media outlets with the hashtag City Place Church to be a part of the conversation.